0: So learning how to run our own energy is so much like learning how to sing. And when we can really tune in and know ourselves and know our own frequency, it's like being able to hold our own note. We don't just accidentally start singing the note of our neighbor. <laughs> and if we can maintain our own note and then we, we can intentionally find harmony and we can create beauty and it's just delicious. Thank you. for empaths healers dreamers and seekers my name is amanda lux and i'm the creator of the elevation hive school and community membership for energy medicine and dream work so today's episode is about what it means to be an empath And I'm sharing my take on this and I'm recognizing that we all have our own unique perspective and our own unique experience about what it means to be an empath because I believe almost everybody is empathic to some degree. Some of us are much more empathic and then others of us are all the way on the other end of the spectrum, sort of sociopathic or totally disconnected or narcissistic, I guess. But it's a range and and some of us, are, are extra sensitive to it and we inherently feel what's going on around us in other energies other people other places we we just feel it as though it is our own and so that can be a really challenging experience and it can be a really beautiful beautiful gift and uh, something that we can practice and cultivate and create skillfully which is something I've had to really work at and cultivate over the years after nearly 17 years in private practice, working client after client after client. It was really necessary, and it just was a very important skill for me to develop so that I could discern between my own energy and my client's energy and and could let that go between each person quite quickly. And so it was a great education and I think we also attract the clients to us that offer the education we need and are there for the medicine we have. So for you know a lot of my clients were highly empathic and eventually I started offering classes and then I created some online courses for empaths and I have some guided meditations and mini courses for free inside of the Elevation Hive. For empaths and for just clearing your energy in general and I believe that um, maintaining our energy is just really really important so I decided to focus on this for this episode because I feel there are a lot of misconceptions about what it means to be an empath and how it can be dangerous to overly identify with others energetically emotionally or even physically taking on other symptoms Which it is for sure if you don't have some basic skills around it, but there's a lot of emphasis on boundaries and how to cultivate boundaries, and not nearly as much on how to dissolve them, which is to me ultimately what the beauty of our empathic nature is all about. But I will be using an analogy between singing and knowing our own energetic frequency throughout this episode, especially through a story I will be telling called A Heart's Song. And this, this analogy is really perfect because learning to use our voice is to me the perfect analogy for learning our own frequency, our own vibration. And once we can carry a note and recognize our own melody, we can get playful and then, and we don't have to worry so much about the boundaries and and being in key. We can then start to play with uh, making harmony and and finding resonance with those around us. So, ultimately, there's a bit of a paradox there. Always <laughs> in polarity. There's always a paradox that we have to know our own energy and be sovereign, and we have to be able to discern our own energy in order to be able to experience more interconnectivity and to to not be so boundary oriented right once we have the boundaries in place we don't really have to worry about the boundaries <laughs> so it's kind of a you know it's it can be a really beautiful thing to blend our energy consciously when it's done consciously in a healthy way so that's the whole aim of this episode is to just talk about what that looks like to be a healthy empath and then i'm just also going to be sharing at the end of the story i'll be sharing a bunch of different tools and practices and how to do this through honing that discernment and knowing your own frequency how do you find that and and just talking about the importance of getting clear when we lose it and and how to do that as well so the first thing i just want to set the stage for uh, all of this with the story it's a children's story about what it means to know your own frequency vibration your own heart's song and and then how to find it because you know where where do we look for that when we when we don't know what our own frequency is and then we're just Either merging with those around us or we're in dissonance with those around us like how do we cultivate a knowing of our own energetic frequency so that we can choose consciously how to to harmonize and be in resonance with with other beings around us and so i invite you to sit back and relax and listen from your inner child listen to your body and your energy as though this dream was your dream, these characters or aspects of you. And what are they what are they here to tell you specifically? How are they here to inform you on your journey? The heart's song. There was a girl who lived mostly alone in the forest. The girl was happy here because all the animals in the forest and the spirits of this land knew exactly who they were and sang from a clear heart in their own unique voice that was pure and resonant and harmonious with each other and all the other voices around them. The girl was happiest whenever she was hearing and contributing to this harmonious song because she loved more than anything to sing harmony. For her, harmony was the sweetest sound and she naturally tried to find the harmony to everything that she heard everywhere she went. Everything was music to her and this was a wonderful way to be. One day, as she was busy singing her heart out with the clouds and the sun and all the creatures and beings, both seen and unseen, A strange boy wandered into the forest as he heard her singing. He was mesmerized by the sheer beauty and it made him weep uncontrollably. She immediately changed her song to harmonize with his weeping, but as soon as she did, her voice started to crack and fall silent, until her song became a forced whisper and didn't sound good at all. What happened to your singing? asked the stranger. It was so beautiful it made me cry. The girl was confused as to why she couldn't sing at first, but as soon as the stranger stopped crying and moved into curiosity, her voice slowly started to return. I was simply harmonizing with you, the girl said, but I found that I could not sing anymore because I could not find your heart's song. There wasn't a note to harmonize with. "'My heart's song,' the stranger said, confused. "'I do not know if my heart has a song. "'We are not taught to sing from our hearts where I come from.' "'Ah, well, that is a terrible thing,' the girl said. "'I cannot imagine how I would harmonize with the land and beings around me "'if I did not know my own heart's song.' "'The stranger looked even more sad and began to cry. "'I've never heard of a heart's song until now.' Would you be my friend and help me find my song? Of course, the girl whispered, choking to get her words out in the midst of his crying. Oh, thank you, the boy said, and his eyes lit up and a smile spread across his face, and he ceased to be a stranger anymore. If we are to be friends, we will need to find your heart's song so that we can harmonize with one another. Let's go find it right away," the girl offered. So the two set off for the city where the boy had come from to look for his heart's song so they could harmonize together. As they ventured away from the magical forest and into the wilds of the city, the girl began to notice something peculiar. The music all around her was a cacophony of dissonance. She tried to harmonize but found that she could not, no matter how hard she tried, there were too many individual notes and no one around her was listening to one another. They were all singing in their own note, in their own way, without acknowledging the frequency of the others around them. And this was hard to harmonize with. Do they not hear the music of each other's hearts? she asked her friend. Does no one realize they have a heart song? This must be why they do not know how to harmonize with one another. This must be why you don't know either. Well, now that I've heard you sing, the boy said, it's my best guess that no one here notices how out of tune with one another they are. I'd never noticed until I heard you. Why would they disregard the pitch and frequency of all the other songs around them, the girl asked? I do not know, but perhaps if we find my heart's song, we can sing in harmony together and teach the others how to find their heart song as well. The girl loved this idea, so the two wandered through the city searching high and low for his heart song. Where could it be? Was it in the library, the church, the store, on 17th street? They looked all around and continually tried to find it. But every time the boy started to sing, there were too many sounds all around for him to find his own melody, and so his note was always matching the other notes, creating a terrible off-key sound with no possibility of harmony. The girl, who knew how to carry her own tune, desperately wanted to harmonize with her friend and the other sounds around her. But she found it nearly impossible as well to harmonize with so many dissonant notes happening simultaneously. There was no consistency and always at least one if not many notes were in conflict with one another. She missed the magical forest where all the creatures wove their hearts songs together. It was so easy there. She was never off pitch and there was no dissonance. As she thought about her home, she suddenly got an idea for how to help the boy find his song. I know what we should do, she exclaimed out of the blue. What? he asked. Where is the nearest park with trees? We must find a large old tree and go sit beneath it. Why would we do that? I've never sat beneath a tree, so I doubt I've left it there. Well, the girl said. Whenever I need an answer to an unknown question, I always go to the trees, because trees know how to listen, they do not speak out loud. Their song is in the burrowing of their roots beneath the ground, and in the sound of their leaves dancing in the wind. Their song is always full of wisdom, and it is easy to harmonize with. So the two friends found a park with a really tall old tree. She instructed the boy to sit on one side, while she sat down on the other side of the tree, so that it was between them. She told him, As you sit with your back against the tree, imagine that you and the tree are one. Send your roots down and let your branches reach the sun, and see if you can learn how to find your song. The boy did as he was instructed, while the girl did the same. And for the first time since they arrived in the city, both friends noticed that all other sounds seemed to slip into the background, and a delicious silence engulfed them. The boy felt as though he had tree roots burrowing down, and he felt his highest branches dancing in the sun and the wind. And soon he began to hear a soft humming arising from deep within his trunk. It was his own melodious heart song beckoning to be sung, and soon he opened his mouth and let the sound emerge. Softly at first, but gradually he grew more confident as he heard for the first time a truly beautiful sound that was in harmony with the tree, and yet it was his own. As soon as his song became loud enough for her to hear, the girl could feel it humming through her being in sweet resonance. She found her own voice freeing as well so that it was not exactly meeting his, but lifting just above from another octave, weaving around his melody harmoniously. They sat together with the tree between them and sang their hearts out for the whole rest of the day until soon the birds and other creatures nearby began to chime in adding their own distinct tune but meeting theirs in harmony. Soon, a family wandered by, and they started to sing along as well. At first, they could not quite find their own notes, but the two were so solid in their own tune that the family eventually found their way. And then more people came, and more. On and on it went until eventually the whole park, the whole city, and all the creatures were singing together. One by one, as more people found their unique heart's song, those around them did as well. And as more people started to listen, they found resonance with one another, as well as all the other creatures and the land, until eventually, the cacophony became a choir. We are all unique and have our own song, our own energetic frequency, our own melody. And only when we are clear about who we are and what our frequency feels like can we identify when it's being influenced by those around us. And that's really what sovereignty is all about. It's about having the authority over your own beingness, your own essence, so that you can choose how and when and with whom you share your energy. To really feel what others are feeling around us can be a great tool if we have practices to help us use it, if we have ways to hone that. And it can be a great burden if we don't. And it can cause suffering in multiple ways when we are overly identified with other people and we lose our authority or our sovereignty over our own energy. That is very painful and confusing and when we on the other extreme tune out disconnect ourselves from others around us so that we don't feel that also causes uh, just more separation and loss and suffering so in the story the girl has spent time honing her frequency finding her melody and in singing as long as we can hear our own note and we can hear the other notes around us we are able to and we can hold that note and not just lose it right if we can hold our own frequency without losing it <laughs> unintentionally anyways then you know we can create beautiful harmony with others we can create resonance where there's dissonance even if we are skillful and when we're not you know it's it's a real challenge in the story the boy does not have his own frequency his own heart song he doesn't know how to find that so he looks outside of himself and that's often what we do right when we don't know what we're missing we look around (laughs) we look to other people who's the expert maybe they know and and we go on this this search to try to find those missing pieces of ourselves or to learn the tools that we need in order to to find that resource so that we can find what we need and ultimately it's almost always inside of ourselves right so in the story they they find he finds his song by tuning into nature and especially trees i think are incredibly supportive for helping us to learn how to hone and listen to our own energy and to learn how to find resonance and trees are amazing they're an incredible resource in dream journey work they offer a classic portal for us to travel through and into and they take us to the upper middle and lower worlds and energetically they offer the the most perfect analogy for finding our vertical alignment which is above and below heaven and earth allowing the trunk to become our spine we can tune in and and tune into our our leaves as our higher selves our connection to source and tuning into our roots and plugging our energy into the vast grounding resource of the earth and between this you know our cosmic center and our our deepest connection with the earth uh, we can we can really orient to our own essence and find our own channel, and that's where we can, you know, begin to really know what our energy feels like, right? And once we really know what our energy feels like, and we can run that frequency clearly, then we can really begin to notice when it's off, or when, it's, when we are um, melding with another. We can tell right away. It's very, very clear. So there's a practice, uh, a few practices and points that I'm going to make here about how to do this. Because you know, you might be wondering, like, how the heck do you do that? How do you make like a tree and tune into your own energy? How do you know? There are actually many ways that we can uh, tune into our own energy and really cultivate our ability to listen and to know ourselves and when we are taking on things that are not ours. And my favorite, and I think the most important one, is through embodiment. And this is, you know, this is something that I think a lot of people don't think of first when they think about energy. They think of energy as being a fine and subtle thing, and the body being gross or dense. And the truth is that our our body is energy. And our body has its own wisdom and its own way of communicating with us what's going on in our energy. So when we learn how to listen to this, it can be an incredibly powerful indicator when things are, are off or changing. So I would say I'm going to talk more about embodiment in a little bit, but I wanted to just run through a few of the other ways that I think we can really learn how to listen to our energy and other things that really help with that. And I think it's really important to, to pay attention to what's happening in our subconscious and in our energy field, learning how to get more engaged with our imagination and our subtler sensory perceptions through listening to our dreams and paying attention to our subconscious and our higher self and our supportive influences such as our guides and allies and ancestors, really forging relationships with our support team, because we don't work alone. And it's important to, to, you know, engage your imagination and start to listen to these subtler cues. And it helps to do that through creative play and art and just engaging your imagination in different ways, getting out of your logical brain, meditation and contemplation being in nature those are more supportive ways to really learn how to tune in and listen to your energy and through creating a conscious connection with your own soul or beingness knowing yourself and knowing how to tend to your own frequency what you need is it quiet time that you need is it to talk it out that you need you know, paying attention to the subtle cues that your body and intelligence of your system is, is trying to convey. You know, when you get around somebody and you have a stomach ache, are you just ignoring that, taking Pepto-Bismol? Or is is that giving you a sign? Is it trying to tell you something about your relationship with that person or about your own energy when you get around that person, right? So it's just about paying attention and learning how to listen to those cues. Because oftentimes the signs and symbols that we're really needing for clarity are so obvious. They're just right in front of us. And we all we really have to do is ask. So I wanted to share one of my favorite exercises with you uh, for just clearing your energy and finding out if there's anything in your field that you need to let go of that isn't serving you. And it's so simple, but it's kind of profound, and it's called the ask and command exercise. So all you do is you start with the first step is you ask. You ask your body. If there's anything in your system that you need to let go of, and I invite you to go ahead and do this while you're listening, why not? Just try it on. And you just need to tune in, ground yourself, imagine that you're connecting with the earth, imagining that your spine is like that tree, and that your branches can reach all the way up to the sun, and that that sun is your highest wisdom, and you have full access to it. And just know that you can trust whatever the first instinct is that comes to the surface. Whatever your first thought is, just trust it. And know that you have the answers inside of you. And from this place, ask your body and your highest wisdom, is there anything in my system that isn't mine or that doesn't belong here or that isn't serving me, that isn't in my highest good? And then notice what comes up. Where in your body do you feel sensation? Maybe you have an image or a thought or a person comes to mind. And the next step, once you've identified maybe there's something, maybe it's old, you're just going to command that it leave. You're going to say, I command that whatever energy in my system is not mine or is not serving me, is not in my highest good, I let it go now. And you can just send it down into the earth. You can ask that it return to from wherever it came from. But know that you don't have to continue carrying that. Whatever it is, no matter how long it's been in your system, you can let it go. It's absolutely okay. And you do that by commanding that it be gone. And it's, you know, command is an important thing to recognize because the word sovereign is really about having authority. And only when you have authority can you command that something leave. And you don't want to give your authority over to just anybody. <laughs> you want to have that. You, you deserve to have that. It's your divine right. And so if there's something in your system that isn't serving you, it's your right to let it go. And it's very easy, it's just a matter of deciding that it's gone. And you don't have to put any more effort towards it. If down the road you have your energy is habitually trained to go back to that vibration, that frequency, you may need to do it again, and that's okay. Do it as many times as you need to do it. But just keep doing it, it's a practice. It's like going to the gym, you don't go once. You go day after day because there will be new compensations. There will be new things and you might atrophy. <laughs> so so it's okay. It's, it's a process. You continually, you have this opportunity as long as you're here in a body, having this experience, being a spirit in a body. You get to continually check in with yourself and maintain your alignment. And you can do that by simply asking what's there and commanding that anything that isn't yours be gone. And this is a very, very powerful practice. And the second thing that I want to suggest is, as far as embodiment goes, I wanted to share that it's really important to allow yourself to be full of yourself, be full of your own energy. And I have a course, an online course, that's inside the Elevation Hive, and everyone who's a member has access to it. And if you want to purchase it by itself, you can. It's called Be Sovereign, and it's about energetic mastery for empaths. So I wanted to share this analogy that I use inside the course, and it has to do with uh, imagining that your energy is like an abandoned car. Somebody just left it on the side of the road, They left the keys in it, they left the doors open, they just left. And how likely is it that that car is going to be either stolen or vandalized at some point? I mean, it depends on where it was parked, (laughs) but how long, right? It depends on where we park ourselves in our world, right? How long it will take for somebody to, uh, you know, invade our our personal energetic space. But if we abandon ship, it's much more likely it's going to happen much sooner Imagine if we're driving that car, if we're in the car and we are in motion, it is way less likely that somebody is going to vandalize or steal that car while we are driving it. And we want to have that relationship with our body. We want to be behind the driver's wheel, right? We want to be in motion energetically. We don't want to stagnate. We don't want to jump ship. We don't want to tune out, numb out, or leave. And so the more that you can stay embodied, stay full of your own energy, stay in motion within yourself, stay tuned in, the the less likely it is that you're going to have unconscious uh, visitors, visitations, you know. And so you get to be in control of that. It's just a matter of taking the wheel. And so I wanted to share that from the course and just empower you to really be, have full ownership over this vehicle that is your your life and over your own energy so that it can take you places that you want to go and give yourself the freedom you know to change direction to turn around and you know like do whatever it takes because it's so worth it you're so worth it and it's not um, a terrible thing that we are able to, Take on other people's pain or suffering. It's really a wonderful thing that we can do that. But it's only wonderful when we do it consciously and in a good way that honors the other person. And the last analogy I wanted to share with you is about jumping in the well, is what I call it. And again, this is from the Course. And if you imagine that you're walking by a well and someone has fallen in and they are in terrible pain and they're wailing and calling to you for help, if you go jump in that well with them, you cannot help them get out. And so (laughs) I think a lot of empaths really feel so deeply for other people or beings or for the earth or whatever it is we're feeling into that we we just abandon ship, and we go in after them, and we get all caught up in their, their stuff. And that is not helpful. Instead, I want to offer that you can remain a witness of yourself and your own process. Feel the feelings, but witness it. Don't get lost in them. And be a witness for that other being, because they're on their soul journey, And we all have a right to our own journey and our own suffering. It's part of of why we are here. It's inescapable. So we want to honor it. We want to hold space for it. We want to be a witness. And if we can get really grounded and rooted and strong in ourselves, then the best thing we can do is throw them a rope and stay steady and strong in your own being so that you can help pull them out if they choose. And they may not choose to grab it. And that's okay, too so we need to really honor everybody's journey including our own and be that witness for ourselves so it's a beautiful thing to tune in and to feel for other people it's something that we want to cultivate and it's it's if we did just continue to Uh, become more empathic as a culture as a a global community just imagine what could be possible just like in the story when by finding their own songs and singing harmoniously together everyone and every creature starts to join in and finds their way and it's really like that our energetic Um, sovereignty is contagious in the most positive way (laughs) it's a very wonderful thing to um, just spread that spread your own light and spread your own you know sense of self and ability to then be in resonance with those around you compassionately and then you know just imagine what the world would be like if we could all do that of Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. If you would like to learn more about the online course I mentioned called Be Sovereign, Energy Mastery for Empaths, you can purchase it by itself or join our membership for $18.99 a month and get the course for free. When you join our membership, you also get other workshops every month, our dream circles, and all kinds of good stuff. Of course, we also have a Patreon that you could join for as little as $5 a month, and that gives you access to our private podcast where I release monthly guided meditations. And for this month, the guided meditation is all about empath mastery. So this if this is a topic that really interests you, then I encourage you to check that out. So I appreciate you following and subscribing and sharing this podcast with a friend leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you might be listening is that is really, really supportive. But most of all, I just want to let you know that I'm super grateful that you're listening. Your energy is felt and appreciated. And I'm just so honored to be in sacred community with you. Thank you. We're all alone.